Hey, what's going on, guys? This is GP. This is the Bull. This is JC. This is Flash. This is Denny Hendricks. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to the Run and Gun Podcast. So what's going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of Running Gun Podcast. I'm Jay Peeps, and this week with me, I've got the man himself, the hockey expert, <laughs> Dalton Sasser. So, Mr. D. Sasser, go ahead and say what's up to the people. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Running Gun Podcast. My name is Dalton Sasser, and thank you for joining. Happy to be here with you, Jordan. I know I'm happy to have you finally on here. I've I've been trying to get you on. Y'all y'all need to understand. I've been trying to get this man on here, so someone could please explain hockey to all of us for the past three months. Like even since the shutdown started, I I would even say even before all this, before the pandemic, everything else that happened. Definitely. Realistically, realistically, you want me to be honest with you? I've been trying to get you on here to talk hockey since the Lightning got swept last year by the capitals oh it wasn't the capitals it was columbus blue jackets oh see they got the same color so i got that mixed up but (laughs) but now we fast forward all the way to present day where the lightning are stanley cup champions yes sir so how it all like unfolded was just it was it was crazy you know because the whole season ended and the Lightning already looked like they were going to make the playoffs. And then the season restarts. They got to go into a bubble. And then they play a few games and they will have to work their way into this round robin for seeding and stuff. And next thing you know, they get they lose the number one seed to the Flyers. And then they end up getting the number two seed. And then they fight their way through the playoffs and stuff. And the Flyers get eliminated. Then they play the Islanders in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then they play what I thought was a good Dallas team. Cause I figured I was, I thought Vegas was unbeatable. And I was like, okay, golly, Dallas is, Dallas was, must be amazing if Vegas got eliminated by them. But then they come in and they basically take care of Dallas in like what, and they were up 3 1 in four games. And then, you know, they kind of had the little hiccup and had to go to six games. So, no. I, I mean, like that—that that on its own was amazing. I'm—I'm I'm not the hockey expert here, as y'all know. I just been paying attention to what's been going on. This man is more so the, the hockey expert. So, the first question I need to—I need to ask you is: uh, so, this whole Prince of Wales Trophy thing that they passed out at the conference finals, like, what, what's up with that? Why don't? Why? Why are you not supposed to touch that? Uh, you know, apparently with hockey tradition, it's just, you know, people shouldn't even touch the trophies. It's, it's like the conspiracy that, you know, if you touch the trophy, it's like the misfortune of basically like it's your chance of losing the Lord Stanley itself. You know, it's yeah, it's it's basically that, you know. OK, so would you say it's kind of like a like a thing where, you know, it's like don't don't eat too much dessert before you eat dinner where like you'll spoil, you'll spoil your appetite type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. See, I, that's interesting. See, I, I would never even have thought of that. So is, so is it, is that what they call both conference championships on both sides or is that just what they call the one in the East? No, it just, I think it kind of goes, it kind of goes for every, every, Every team, basically, you know, if you touch it, it's like, oh, you know, now I'm like, right. Ah, are we going to win or are we going to lose now? You know, so you take right. your chances with that. And now more and more teams are starting to be like, you know what? We'll touch it. You know, we'll be like, yeah. you know, we're ready. We're, you know, you, yeah. but you know, the team, you have to win. I feel like in hockey, you have to win games one and two. It solidifies that, you know, you will take the series by, by the storm mm-hmm. and lightning did just that they took it by storm and they struck in game six game five was their little fallout but they came back game six and 
they won the cup. And if you're a Bolts fan, you know, you know, right. we we all cheered for that. So, right, right. And so the next thing I had, uh, I was thinking about was like you know, speaking of that whole touch it or don't touch it thing. So the lightning actually touched it was the thing. <laughs> and yeah. I was thinking to myself, I was like, I'll, that's the one thing I remembered you said along like a few months ago. I think about the about the St. Louis Blues. You were like, you were like, oh, you know, they touched it. Like I, I'm surprised that they touched it. And the next thing you know, the lightning touched it, and I was like, oh my god, what are they doing? Because yeah. you're like, oh. I, Dallas had wrapped it up a few days before them, but Dallas didn't touch it. So I was like, okay. But then someone had tweeted out that, you know, the Lightning didn't touch it back in 2015 when they played the Blackhawks. Yep. So them touching it now would be like a reverse omen, I guess. And yeah. it worked itself out. Yep. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's It's been a weird ride, I think, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, they came all the way back from being 2014 playoff finals, going into the Stanley Cup against the Blackhawks, them losing the series 3-2 to two against – or 4-2, to two, sorry, against the Blackhawks. So that was definitely an emotional ride for them, both for Stamkos and for the lineup as well because that lineup was definitely changed throughout the season. Right. So I, was, I thought if I'm if I'm if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Ben Bishop the goalie in 2014, go 2014, 2015 when yeah. they lost the Blackhawks? Uh-huh. And wasn't he on the Dallas Stars for a hot minute? He so originally with Ben Bishop, his contract, he eventually started out in the NHL with the Dallas Stars. That was his first NHL team he was on. Okay. And he eventually was traded to the Lightning. And once when I guess he got to the playoffs and even to the finals, I guess Lightning decided to, I don't know, I wouldn't say they would cut him out, but he became a free agent eventually and Dallas took him again. And then before you know it, our rise and shine, Andre Vasilevsky, number 88, he became, he became the star goalie for the Lightning. Right. And I must say that was a brilliant move that oh, yeah. they, that they made because Vasilevsky, in my opinion, is one of the better goalies in the National Hockey League, if not the best. But you know, you know, yeah. you know, you know what I'm going to ask you next. All right, what is it? Can the Lightning repeat? Because I was watching the NHL. I was watching the NHL Network. And- <laughs> They were talking about how how quick of a turnaround this is going to be because of COVID with the NHL draft coming up. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, they said winning the Stanley Cup evidently puts you in a bad spot with the salary cap. So I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, can they can they bring it back again? Because they look darn, they look very darn good. Yeah. I mean, they first you know if you think about it first round they eliminated columbus they got their redemption against them they eliminated them four to one in the series they eliminated trying to think who it was in the second round but they eliminated it was boston it was boston Boston. four to one as well you know they were very triumphant throughout the series even against the islanders as well i mean i don't know it's it's a toss-up the draft is in literally i think Three to four days right now. They have three three agents, two of which are defensive men, both Miguel Sergachev mm-hmm. and Eric Chernak, as well as Anthony Sorelli. So those are three very important prospect players for the Lightning that Lightning need to secure for right. the Bolts, I feel like. Those right. are three valuable players because they even made – clutch goals in the playoffs, both Sorelli and Sergeyev for that matter, bringing them out right. of the their drought in their season from last year even too. Right, right. I agree with you. But right now we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to change gears 
and we're going to shift now to the NCAA. Okay. Okay. So I know you're familiar with what's been going on because I know you're on Twitter too. You see HBCU Twitter and how, how things go. Yeah. Uh, So you've seen, and plus you've seen sports center, of course, too, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, as well as I do, Deion Sanders is the new head football coach at Jackson state. Yeah. So on the last podcast, you weren't, you weren't here for it. No. JC came on here and said, ain't no way Dion was going to go to Jackson State. And if he does go to Jackson State, he's not as selfish as he seems. So that's the big news coming out of the HBCU world right now as far as that goes. I I have my criticism of Dion Sanders as a high as a as a high school football coach. He's Never really coached at the college level, so I don't know how this is going to go. He he won his he won his press conference. Make no mistake, he's won his press conference. But now the the task for him will be turning around a four and eight football team from a year ago. Four and eight, four and seven, I believe. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I don't know much about Deion Sanders that much, but I mean. If they think he's valuable to an asset, I think, you know, they should stick with him. If not, then, you know, I say, like, you got to pay your dues and just kind of move on, find someone else. But that's as much as I can give about criticism on Deion Sanders, I feel like. I feel you. So, yep, September 5th, 2021, given if we don't have a spring season, which I, I'm, I mean, if you know me, I'm not that big of a fan of it because of it. Um, sports recovering injuries and stuff, but September 5th, 2021 down in um, Miami gardens, fam, you and Jackson state, get it on. Ooh. I'll have to try to find a way to get, get Dalton Sasser down to, down to Miami. <laughs> you know, that even for as long as I've lived years, basically born and raised in Florida, I have, he will laugh at me for this, but I've never been down to Miami ever. <laughs> See, so now we got a reason to get you down there. Yeah. yeah you got I know it's a place now. to go to, you know, clubbing and, you know, have fun with friends and exactly you know, anything, you know, even just hanging out by the beach, you know, whatever, you know. Exactly. So after family curve stomps Jackson State, we could take you down to South Beach and we can have a good old time. <laughs> Hell yeah. So you already know. But uh, let's let's stick in state with this now and uh, talk about Florida State. Oof. And boy, that's a yeah, no, that's a that's a train wreck in Tallahassee. They they won today yeah, after being they won today after being down after being down twenty one nothing to FCS Jacksonville State. They came back just in the first half. Yeah, yes. they were down. Oof. They were down 21-14 at the end of the first half, came back and won the game 41-21 to today. But they suffered their worst loss against Miami ever last week, 52-10. to It's it's a, a lot A lot needs to be worked on. I mean, a win, of course, is always a positive thing like they got today. As we record yeah. this, it, it is Saturday. Um, but, you know, it's... It's a lot. It's, this is not going to be a quick fix. I think Florida State fans need to kind of understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Florida State, I think, is going through a lot of changes. I think, you know, having, is it Novak as your head coach, right? Yeah. Mike Norvell. Mike Nor. Oh, Mike Norvell. Thank you. Sorry. As your head coach, I think he's a great prospect as the head coach for Florida State. However, though, it's unfortunate that he came down with COVID. And he has to be in his house watching his games. Oh, well, he was, he was back on the sideline today. Yeah, he, he was back on the sideline coaching today. So, I mean, you know, he'll, he'll be. So, Say again. I was just I was just saying about, you know, it was a big win for them today. So they just need to keep looking forward and just. Yeah, more oh. wins at this point. So, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. 
Uh, so I, mean, I think um, it's, it goes back to what Bobby Bowden had said about Mike Norvell too. Just you know, give him time, yeah. let him work, mm-hmm. and everything will take care of itself. Like I mean, look, Bobby Bowden didn't build Florida State up in in one year. No, it, no. it took thirty. It took thirty years to build Florida State into what it was. Like, and even in the seventies, Florida State wasn't the complete finished product that it became in the late eighties and into the nineties. So, I mean, you know, these things take time. Yeah. But, um, the other thing too is, uh, Oklahoma and LSU, they don't look the same. Like they just, Mm, not. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you can finish what you're saying. Sorry. Oh, I'm, I was going to say, you know, compared to last year, how both these teams played each other in the playoff semifinal and then the way both teams just dominated the regular season last year, neither one of these teams look anywhere near the same now, give or take. LSU is in a rebuild, and we need to call it what it is finally because LSU is replacing, I believe, two coordinators. One coordinator is the head coach at Baylor. Another coordinator is the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. And plus they lost, like, a whole bunch of talent, I believe, like starters on both sides of the ball to the NFL, most notably Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and, you know, Patrick Queen and guys like that. So, I mean, in Oklahoma, they're, they're replayed. They finally have like a guy that's going to be quarterback for a while in Spencer Rattler, but the Sooners lost to Kansas state and an LSU first defending national champ since 1998 to lose their season opener. Yeah. That was a bit of a stump for them, for sure, I feel like. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, like you were going to say exactly what I was going to say about LSU, you know. I mean, some of these teams, they're rebuilding from last year because, you know, Joe Burrow was a big asset to LSU. They won national championship from last year. And now LSU is in a rebuild right now, just as much as FSU is in a rebuild as well. I feel like they – are struggling to find the right quarterback for FSU, the right targets as well. I mean, FSU defense, LSU defense, you know, even Florida defense too, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I look at Florida and they're number three right now. And I think they look strong. Kyle Trask looks amazing right now on the field. Six touchdown receptions last week. He yeah, Florida or this week, right? Yeah, and he played today against what was it? Uh, South Carolina. <clears throat> South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, and they, so, and they beat it, them. But their defense, you know, I'm like, I question Florida Gators' defense. You know, I'm glad you said that because that was going to actually lead in, and that's the beauty of this whole podcast. People always say stuff they don't even realize it, and then it leads right into the next subject. So, like, you just led into the next subject of who was the be- who is truly the best team in the state of Florida right now. And my first thing was yeah. going to be Florida and Florida's defense. Like, because Florida has a, such a good offense, a very explosive offense, most notably. Your leading receiver is a tight end, which kind of worries yeah. me because as you go forward, you need your other playmakers to kind of be huge factors like Kadarius Tony, especially in uh, Trayvon Grimes. Those guys need to kind of start taking games over the way Kyle Pitts does. But give oh, yeah. you no, know, I I understand Trask's favorite target is Kyle Pitts, but you got to remember, yeah, as the year progresses, you start playing these defenses like Georgia, who's up right now on Auburn 24 nothing. They're going to take away Kyle Pitts. So yeah. You got to learn to go somewhere else. You're gonna recognize your most valuable players, and you're gonna be like, "We're we're gonna double coverage that player because he's a valuable target." You know, they're not gonna let those players go to go to waste. You know, they're gonna try to go and pick him off for a pick six if they can. Exactly, exactly. But who I who do you think is the best team in the state of Florida right now, college wise? You got Miami, you got Florida, and you got UCF. If you had to pick right now, who would you say is the best team? Yeah, um, hmm. that's a that's a really big toss up. I mean, I haven't paid much attention to UCF or even USF, but I don't even know how much 
they're doing as far as offense. You, or USF wise, isn't that good. But I think. So you can already cancel out USF. USF ain't that good. <laughs> yeah, I would, just, I would say Florida Gators has a long way to come to do their study, do their homework, you know, on video and even Mike. What's his name? The head coach again for FSU? Remind me again. For FSU. Oh yeah, Norvell. Norvell. Good. I want to say I want to say Norvac all the time. I don't know why. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Norvell, but uh, yeah. I think I think Florida. I think Florida Gators is probably the best Florida team right now at this point. They're standing tall. Kyle Trask is looking good. Same to Kyle Pitts as well. Um, just he just can't rely solely on Pitts. He has to look for other targets. Right. Whether if it's his right. running backer or his other wide receivers, his tight ends, you know, it can't be right. all just Pitts because eventually, like I said, he'll get his double coverage, maybe triple coverage, and before you know it, you know, there might be a pick six either from Georgia or out. Right. Right. Bring up um, in Florida. Honestly, if you ask me, the best team right now, I would say would have to be I'm looking at Miami because Miami Miami had a good offense. Yeah. Miami ever since they've ever since they've created the turnover chain has led the country in turnovers. UCF is good, but I don't think on a neutral field UCF could beat Miami in the end. I just feel like Miami would make that one play in the end like they've done like they used to do when they were really good back in the eighties. I feel like they would make that one play in the end and kind of just beat UCF. So I, right now I got to go truthfully Miami and people are going to hate me for this UCF <laughs> and then I'm going to go Florida, but I'm only putting Florida in third because Florida's defense is not as good as, as it should be or as, as good as it traditionally has been in the past. Yeah. But I would actually say compared to, Two defenses between Florida and Miami. I think Miami's defense is much better than Florida's defense. I would go with Florida, with Miami's defense over Florida's defense for sure. Right, right. But now we've reached the midpoint of this episode, which means now the the it's time for trivia with the bug. And I think okay. you're familiar with your our sports trivia portion of this. Kind of, I think. I don't know. I've listened to a couple of podcasts, but not much. But I fire away, you know. Right. Hello, everyone. Again, this is the bug and I'm here with sports trivia. And the question is, out of the 26 quarterbacks in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, how many of them don't have any rings or championship? And there you have it. That's the bugs trivia question. And his trivia question, for those that didn't hear it, I'm going to repeat it, is out of the 26 quarterbacks in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, how many of them don't have any rings or championships? Hmm. I know that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to do my homework on that because I, I wouldn't know. So the one from last week was, I believe, who was the lowest seeded team to ever win an NBA Finals? So do you want to try your want to try your luck with that one? Lowest seed in the NBAs. You can look this up if you got your computer in front of you. Um. Jeez, uh, I don't know. I almost want to go. I mean, if we're talking even just trying to even get into maybe the NBA playoffs i would i kind of want to say utah jazz just because utah jazz is not known i don't i'm yeah i would say utah jazz okay i'm gonna give you the answer so the (laughs) i mean you got part of it right because it is a team from the western conference but it is not 
Utah Jazz. It was 94-95 Houston Rockets. Oh, okay. And I believe that was the team that beat Shaq and the Orlando Magic. All right, I see. Yeah. But yeah, those are, yeah, these, like Josh always says, you know, these trivia questions are pretty hard. He always, he always asks some hard ones. I'm like, yeah, I know. He, he takes pride in it. He loves it. But with that, that's going to transition us now before we jump into the NBA and the NFL. That's going to transition us now to Florida A&M. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this man to Miami for a FAMU game. That's my plan for 2021. God, God, God willing, COVID is gone by then. Oh, yeah. but given this whole spring season is supposed to happen. Uh, FAMU's conference, because you know FAMU is in the MEAC and FAMU is leaving as of July 1st, 2021 to be a full-time member of the SWAC. Um, in their final year, the MEAC will be participating in the FCS playoffs. So now that basically means FAMU will have a shot to play for a national championship on the FCS level. But check this out, too. The last team from the MEAC to actually win a playoff game for the conference was FAMU, but it was back in 1999 against Troy. They went on the road in the semifinal game. Or no, the quarterfinal. It was the quarterfinal. They went on the road in the quarterfinal to Troy and beat Troy at in Troy, Alabama. And then the next week they played Youngstown State and this guy named Jim Trussell. And they came within one game of going to a national championship. Sure. See, so I mean, so now so now Dalton, I see I know you probably have been wondering, you know, why why fam you? Why fam you? Now <laughs> you see why there is a a drive for greatness yeah. with FAMU and why people are so passionate about FAMU football and FAMU athletics in general. And the one thing I will say about the Lightning, for me personally, with the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, and people know I'm I'm a huge Tampa Bay sports fan. I want to, I'd love to see the city of Tampa Bay take home a triple crown and get a Super Bowl and – a Super a Bowl, World NBA championship, and Stanley Cup. Oh, that would be World would Series. Be, yeah, World Ooh, Series. World NBA series. team. Because we yeah. don't have an NBA. Yeah, if we want to talk, even you know baseball, which I know a little bit about, but not much. But I mean, I only saw a little bit. But the Rays won eight to two in their wild card against Toronto Blue Jays. So they went past. We're gonna get, we go, we gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Okay, okay. Sorry, I was getting ahead of myself. <laughs> You're good. You're good. But yeah, I mean, you know, things like that, seeing that type of stuff, that makes me want to see FAMU take home, you know, a national championship or a celebration bowl or a black college national championship. That's yeah. what that that's what that does for me as a fan. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to see them take that home. But the other thing too is is um because FAMU's home stadium, Bragg Memorial Stadium, is receiving these upgrades, Bragg may not be available, so they may have to play in Doak, which is home to Florida State. I'm not sure yet. But this also means too that their annual rivalry with Bethune Cookman, that you know as the Florida Classic, might end up getting moved to Tallahassee. So this would, if this happens, this would mean for the first time since 1977, a football game will be played between FAMU and Bethune-Cookman inside Bragg or in Tallahassee for the first time since 1977. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. It's been such a long time. Yeah. And the funny thing about it is that was the last team to go undefeated to have a full undefeated regular season for FAMU, the 77 team. Because I know a lot of people talk about the 1978 National Championship team, which was fantastic. 
but the 77 team went undefeated. The 78 team had one loss. But, you know, I'm not going, I'm not going to hold you up forever about talking about FAMU and stuff. I'm going to just, I'm just going to let you, I'm going to, I'm going to get you down to Miami and I'm going to, I'm going to show you that for myself. (laughs) Now I'm going to transition now into the MLB for you. Cause I know you, you was ready to talk about it. <laughs> the MLB playoffs are now underway. Yep. And as you know, like you said, the Rays, they took care of business. They got rid of the, they got rid of the Blue Jays eight to two in the best of three series. Yep. So, I mean, you know, and then of course they're going to play the Yankees in the next round. The Yankees got rid of the Indians. So I got to know who do you, who do you like? I mean, you know, Rays and Yankees, they they have a history for as long as anyone can think about. If you're a New York or even a Florida fan, you know, of the Rays, you know, they they have a long history. But, you know, Rays always seem to come out on top. But even when Jeter was playing, you know, Yankees would come up on top, too, even, you know, they, you know, they got pretty far. But I don't even recall if the Yankees ever, you know, won the championship or not but well, I have to go with Tampa Bay well, you know the they have such a long rivalry long history the Yankees did get a few championships with Derek Jeter but the the thing the thing about it is that I'm going to say since after 2009 and really for all of the 2010s from 2010 to 2019 for a full decade the Yankees that was the first decade the Yankees didn't win a World Series. So, I mean, you know, it's been pretty crazy. That's something I know, like you, you would think, you know, the Yankees, this, this franchise that has, you know, the most World Series championships in the history of baseball would be the team that is, you know, the, the most dominant that would have at least won one World Series during the 2010s. But turns out they didn't win one. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy. And then on, you know, in the other game in the American League Divisional Series, uh, you got the Astros and the A's playing. So, uh, huge kudos to Dusty Baker, the Astros manager, for turning it around. And despite all the criticism of cheating, the Astros still got back to the ALDS. So their one their one win their one series went away from playing for the American League pennant. Sure. So I gotta ask you. Let me let me see who are you gonna go with in that. So you said it's the Astros and who? Again? The the Houston Astros against the Oakland A's. Hmm. I mean, I haven't really followed up on that series, but I I would have to go with the Astros. I think. Golly, everyone wants to go with the Astros now. Why can't any? Am I the? <laughs> I'm I'm the only one on this whole Oakland Athletics boat. I really am, and I I feel like I feel like the Houston Astros are gonna find a way to win, and I'm gonna die on this hill by myself. I mean, maybe they will, but maybe, you know, maybe the A's will come out on top. I mean, I don't know. As long as I know, I remember with the Rays and the A's, like the athletic A's, I remember they had a long history of always. I remember even going to see the Rays and the A's play, and it was always a slow game. You know, the A's can never really pull up runs. They can never... Yeah, I don't know. They they didn't really have like really good designated hitters, but at the time, but maybe it's different now. Maybe their program has changed a little bit. Maybe they acquired better players, better designated hitters, so maybe the ace could come out on top. I would like that if that if that is the case, then maybe they will come out on top against the Astros, but I know the Astros have definitely been dominant throughout the wild card, throughout multiple seasons and even in the playoffs as well too, so I don't know. It's a toss-up. It's definitely a toss-up between those two teams. Right. And then on the National League side of things, you've got the, and I know this is probably one of your favorite teams, the Los Angeles Dodgers 
and the San Diego Padres, I believe it is, that are going to go at it. So I, I'm, I, I forget which one you're rooting for here. I, you're, you're a Dodgers fan, right? Because you, you spent uh, time out in Cali. Oh Well, yeah, I definitely spent my time out in Cali. But I'm still a Florida native. I still love all Florida teams. But when it comes Good. to California teams... Good. Uh, when it comes to California teams, though, you know, everyone's definitely heart. Everyone in L.A. will say, you know, go Dodgers, go Dodgers. So in that retrospect, you know, for the four years I've lived in California, you know, I'll go with the Dodgers over, you know, the San Francisco Giants or any other Dodgers. baseball team for that matter. OK, so you're taking so. the Dodgers over the Padres. Understandable. Yeah. I'm with you there. Kyle they've, the Dodgers to beat the Padres. Yeah, they've definitely acquired. Uh, they, yeah. Fair statement. Fair statement. And then the other game that's going on in the AL and the National League on this side of the country is well, they're going to play the game out in San out, out in the West Coast because of the MLB bubble, but the Marlins are playing the Atlanta Braves. And the Marlins, every time they get into the playoffs, they've always won the World Series. Because the Marlins made the Marlins made the wild card in ninety nine in nineteen ninety seven, and then what happened? They won the World Series. And then the one I remember is they made the playoffs in two thousand three. And what happened? Yep. And that they was won the World Series championship. And they beat the yep. Yankees. So I'm just like, you know what? They already got past a good Cubs team. I would not be surprised if they beat the Braves. A lot of folks don't want to hear me say that, but if the Marlins get get up probably two games in this thing, the chances are the Marlins are probably going to win the series. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I could definitely see that too as well. Yeah. The thing about it is, like with baseball, is like I've always wanted to see like the Rays and the and the Braves play each other in the World Series. This whole Tampa versus Atlanta thing, but oh, yeah. if history is any type of factor in this, for the National League side, I think it's going to be the Marlins. And then on the other side of things, I'd like to see, you know, the Rays. Let it be like a let it be like a Sunshine State series for the World Series. That would be. Very fun. Oh, yeah. That would be, yeah, that would be very interesting to see. Yep. And then now let us transition to the NFL. Mm. All right. So I know you've been keeping up with the NFL. So, I mean, so talk to me a little bit about it. Uh, well, I just saw in recent news that actually Cam Newton just came out positive, tested positive for COVID. So I feel bad yeah. for him. He's not going to be playing. So, I mean, unless if they do, but they postponed that game against the Chiefs till like Monday or Tuesday. So I know. Yeah, he messed, that messed up. My- that's kind of saddening because I'm rooting for the Patriots in that case because they've been looking out strong looking very strong too ben roethlisberger is finally back so yeah he's fine shout out to big ben for coming back he looks good finally and pittsburgh has one heck of a defense so i'm honestly or people are are talking about um well before i go into that yeah cam newton did get covid and we wish him all the best um you know i was really looking forward to that game i wanted to see him and patrick mahomes match up against one another but Maybe another day, maybe in the playoffs, hopefully. But um, back to Big Ben. Yeah, you know, Big Ben and the Steelers, they look fantastic. They, uh, you know, I think that this is the best the Steelers have looked since their last Super Bowl. Um, Now, I might be stretching that a little bit too much. But at the same time, too, right now, you know, the two best defenses in the, in the NFL statistically are the Bucks and the Steelers. And to be honest with you, I've already said it before, that would not surprise me if that ended up being the Super Bowl. On the AFC side, why? Most, most, ah. on the AFC side, why specifically? Because everyone's talking about the Ravens 
everyone's talking about the Chiefs, but no one's talking about the Steelers. And that's usually when the Steelers pounce, when you least expect it. Because that's how they won. That's how they won their past two Super Bowls. And that's how they got to the one against Aaron Rodgers that they lost. People didn't expect them to get that far, and they got that far. So, I mean, hey, look, it, yep. it wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. I mean, speaking of which, Aaron Rodgers, let's just say, you know, do you think he might actually win a championship? Maybe this year, this season, or even maybe the future season to come, you know? I don't know. I feel like he always looks very confident. He looks good. I want to goes out. I want to believe in Aaron Rodgers. You know? I need to see I need to see Aaron Rodgers play against the Bucks defense before I can make my assumption on him and how their chances look. I need to see that. And then the other thing too is he's missing um Alex Lazard. So if you picked up Alex Lazard in your fantasy league, he's going to be actually be out for a month because he had surgery. So I yeah, Ugh. yeah. You you might yeah, want to go get just Justin <laughs> Jefferson instead. Ugh. But um, okay. yeah, right, yeah, it, that. yeah. That with that, I, I need to see a little bit more from Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, this this isn't going to be a good gauge of, for him on Monday night coming up against Atlanta. But I need to see him against, say, like Seattle or Tampa. But um, speaking of speaking of Seattle. Uh, would you consider Russell Wilson to be the league MVP so far? Like he was named NFC off player of the month for September, but would you consider him to be like the leader in the clubhouse for the league MVP? Hmm. (laughs) That's a hard question. I mean, you know, I mean, even just looking at like already within like a couple of weeks in into this this season alone, I mean, he's he's doing good. He, I mean, not to say he's not like oh he's doing bad, but he's doing very good. He's keeping his head up high and he's finding his targets. So um, I think he's definitely on the top list of MVPs along with others like maybe Pat Mahomes and. Maybe even Cam Newton, because Cam Newton's looking very strong with in the Patriots. You know, he came out first game and he won that game like, right. like it was nothing. You know, right. Um. Now on the AFC side, there's another guy that could probably make a case for his um his MVP candidacy, and that's Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. Now, Buffalo is a good team, and. To me, if you ask me, I, it doesn't matter whether the Patriots have Cam Newton or not. I want to see Cam excel, but at the same time, too, I like the Buffalo Bills and what they're doing. They have a lot of good targets. They have um, Devin Cole Singletary. Beasley. They have John John Brown, who was actually one of my uh, guys in fantasy, and after a couple of weeks, he. I had to drop him because he was unavailable. Or not, he was no, injured. He was unavailable. Um, he oh. was out. He was injured, yeah. So Sorry. Would yeah, you consider injured. them to be a top so, five team in the AFC? Um, so, think, think about this now. Think about this now. You got Kansas City. Hmm. You got Baltimore. Hmm. You got Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then, I mean, you got New England. I'm like Houston's a good team, but I mean, right now, would you? I mean, like, would would you put? Would you? I mean, give or <laughs> I take, mean, you know, Houston beat Buffalo in the playoffs. Would you put? Would you put right now Buffalo at six behind Houston? Because I'm I'm starting to feel Buffalo a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a push and pull between both Buffalo and the Texans, Houston Texans. Because for me, at least, I know I have in my fantasy, I have Sean Watson as my quarterback. And I, in my backup quarterback, I have Tom Brady. So both are looking a little decent, but they definitely need to pull through within weeks 
four through six. They need to show up to like their games and right. really take over. And then I mean, in my opinion, you know, the Bucks are playing the Chargers and Texans are playing Vikings. You know, I'm looking at this right now, and they both those Buccaneers and Texans they need to win those games. Those are going to be right. big games for them. But I mean, yeah. Well, the other thing too is you also got Tennessee. You also got Tennessee as a as a fantasy team, or not fantasy team, but as a as a good team in the AFC. But I mean, head to head right now, I, I just I don't know if I'd I'd put Tennessee over Buffalo. Like Tennessee's got Derrick Henry, no no joke. But outside of Derrick Henry, it's just I I don't know. Like Josh, the way Josh Allen's playing right now, it's like he he does it. He will not let Buffalo lose. No. So you you know that's just that's my take of it. But now we swing on over to our last topic for the night, and that is the NBA. So as you know, the Lakers they're in the finals against the Miami Heat. The Lakers they had won their these the Western Conference for the first time since 2010. Uh, Miami they have they are now appearing in their sixth NBA Finals in franchise history. They won the Eastern Conference for the first time since 2014. Um, this is LeBron's 10th NBA Finals. Game one was his 50th NBA Finals game he's played in. Um, so far, the Lakers are up 2 nothing. Yeah. Do you think this is going to be a sweep? Because I'm feeling a sweep. Uh, yeah, sadly, I don't want to... I don't want to say so, but I, I would like to see the Heat at least take over game three, at least just one game. They at least need to take over one game. But as you saw in like game two from highlights and just watching game two, Anthony Davis took over game right. two. LeBron was there, but Anthony Davis, he showed up that game. He took o- he took over game two for the Lakers for sure. Right. Right. I would say. But I don't want to say it would be a sweep, but if it is, I would feel bad for the Heat in the long run. But, you know, they, they can come back next year, maybe, and hopefully take right. it again in the playoffs. Right. And my thing and with that, you know, because I'm I'm already thinking this is going to be a sweep, but I'm looking forward to next year. With, with the Western Conference next year, and a lot of people have kind of given up on them, we, we have to look at this closely and say, you know, who is really going to challenge the Lakers, you know? Um, but next year when things get started back up again, it's going to be an even more dense playing field for the NBA because you've got what was an injured Warriors team that was just pitiful that's going to be fully healthy with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Greenback and plus whoever they pick, whichever top prospect they get in the draft. So, I mean, like, yeah. I'm like, look, this is going to be a loaded West again. And people are saying, you know, jump off the Golden State bandwagon and stuff. But I'm just thinking to myself, like, look, Golden State's still going to be there next year. Yeah, I, I honestly think I feel like Rockets are going to show up next year. You think so? Yeah. I mean, you still got James Harden. Yeah. Right? You know, you got some other. Valuable prospects on the Rockets. See, now you're trying I to think, give. I think they will now, definitely be now you're there. Trying to give... <laughs> they will be there, and they will come back to play the Lakers, and they, it will be a good series. It will be a good. Talk See, now, now you're trying to give Ajay some hope. <laughs> you're trying to give him some hope because he's the main one. So I, I, I expected so much from the Rockets. I thought they were going to be better. I was like, I was like, dude, are you serious right now? Like, let's let's be real, but. I mean, I'm, I'm, you're, you're giving him hope right now. So if he's listening to this, he can definitely always count on you to, to just give him hope about the Rockets because it, it ain't going to come from me. I mean, because even though I know people really wanted to see the Rockets against the Lakers more so than any other team in the West. I, I thought it was like. going to be the Clippers, to be honest, but then they choked. Yeah. I really did. I was like, what? Man, but I could, I mean, if, if Houston could ever like figure it out, I think that they would be a very good team. I really do. But, uh, 
going to blow your mind with this next interesting fact. Since 1984, at least one guy that has played with Shaq has appeared in the NBA Finals. Since 1984. Mm. So, I'm asking you now, do you know who on both teams has currently played with Shaq? What one guy from both teams? Huh. Damn, I wouldn't know. I mean, because I know Shaq, he played for the Lakers, and he played for – I don't remember which team he in the East. For, I, I want to He did play the for Heat, but I think it was the Celtics. Yeah, he played for the Heat. Heat. He played for the Celtics, too. Oh. Celtics, too, yeah. Although, nobody really remembers the huh. Celtics years because that was, like, brief, very brief. So, so was his stint yeah. with the Suns. Okay. But – it was LeBron James. He played with LeBron when he played for the Cavs. Oh wow! Right. I know. Like it's and you just you you always kind of envision Shaq ultimately as a Magic, a Laker, and a Heat player. You know what I yep. mean? Like <laughs> it's just you never would have thought he went to you know Boston or Cleveland or even uh, Phoenix, for that matter. But he did. You know, but with that, as you already know, um, that's going to do it for us on this episode. Uh, Mr. Sasser, it was great having you on this episode. I, I enjoyed this. Yeah, I enjoyed this too. This was the first time for me, so I enjoyed the running gun podcast with you. This yeah, no, awesome. we gotta we gotta do this again sometime. And hopefully Yeah, we can definitely talk more and hopefully get AJ and anyone else on to Exactly. Talk. Um and before we get out of here, make sure you know make sure y'all follow us on Twitter at throw no at penalty talk. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at penalty talk. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Penalty Talk. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Throw Flags. Make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This podcast will be available on our YouTube channel. Also, we are on Spotify. If you have not already, make sure you are following us on Spotify. Give us a listen there. And if, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at flagontheplaysports at gmail.com. Um... As you know, this is our hockey guy right here, Mr. Sasser, Dalton Sasser. You can always ask him a question. He's not on Twitter, but he is on the page sometimes. So if you have a question regarding hockey, you can always shoot us a DM and he will answer it for you. Hockey, uh, MLB, you know, you name it. Exactly. You name it, he's got it. He's got the goods. Tell him you got them goods, don't you? Sometimes, not all the time. <laughs> I understand. Hey, this is my first. Hey, this is also my first time doing fantasy football. I gotta say, so I'm still learning from that too. So right. Let's see how that goes too. You're gonna, well. I'm curious you're gonna do good. good. You're gonna do good. But as always, you know, y'all stay safe, stay blessed. We'll see you.